Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. And welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, beautiful. Well, it's a nice, well, it's it's Seattle in wintertime, and that's all I can tell you. And uh, we've got a great show for you today. You're going to learn a lot, and you may learn a whole brand new way of doing things that you, that I've never heard of before, which is why I had to have Ashton on the show. Um, Rodenheiser is her last name, and she has a website and a book, and uh, and she is well. We're going to get into all that in just a moment, but I got to tell you, if you're if you have trouble taking notes, were you in school and you took notes and then you read them later and you couldn't make hides nor tails of what you wrote and or what you had written? Well, we're going to solve that problem for you today. But first, I got to talk to my friend Eric. Eric, how are you? Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. Hide nor tails? <laughs> Is that what I said? I can't right. remember. That was so long ago. I should have been taking notes. Yes. Yeah, yes. So, so. It, you know, we, we have fun here. We create new expressions that uh, will hopefully someday enter the regular vernacular. But until or we, then, we're on the bleeding edge. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or we're going to massacre old ones and to create new ones. That's how you get new ones. Yes, yes, it is. It's like uh, we have a couple of guys on the show the other day were talking about dope. I thought dope meant one thing, and now for kids, it means something completely different. So you're finally catching on to a slang term from 40 years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> That was, yes, indeed. That, well, uh, that was, yeah, I don't know. By the way, sometimes when people say bad, they actually mean good. I know. Or crazy, they mean not crazy. Right. <laughs> See, I, we're all getting there. We, we are. And sometimes words don't do it, so sometimes pictures need to. That's a good point. And so, so see, I even said that correctly. By the way, I, I wanted to say, because Eric, we've got, you and I have got three shows left to do in the month of January. And uh, I wanted to start getting the word out a little bit. Positive Talk is going to take a break from the airwaves for a little while. And mm -hmm. uh, just because I'm old and I need to doodle more and take <laughs> pictures and well, stuff. you've got so. the perfect guest today to get you started on that. Boy, no, no kidding. Her name is, of course, Ashton. And why don't we go ahead and bring her on now so we have lots of time to talk to her about what it is that she does, which is really, really, really cool. And I'd never heard of this before. So, Ashton, tell us exactly what it is that you do. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Kevin. I, your enthusiasm is infectious, and I caught the bug. So I'm so, so, uh, so happy to be here. I can't speak English very well, but I'm enthusiastic <laughs> about it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So I, you know, when you work for yourself and you do this, this kind of like odd thing, you can kind of create whatever title you want for yourself, right? It's kind of like the the brilliance of being an entrepreneur. So sometimes for fun, I like to call myself a professional doodler. 
And that definitely raises a few eyebrows and people are very curious as how could you make doodling a profession, but somehow I've been able to figure that out. Well, you have used these techniques. Now, I, I don't know if there's a if there's an extra zero there, uh, but <laughs> 2,500 seminars you've used this technique in for companies all over the world. Right on. Yeah, so I get, uh, so another fun thing sometimes I like to tell people and to add in with the professional doodling is uh, talking about how meetings are often pretty boring and a lot of organizations and companies and all those fun people or not so fun people bring fun person in like myself <laughs> to bring it to life a little bit, right? So I think sometimes people bring me in to, to add a little bit of energy and pizzazz into their meeting, but I really know that they're getting a lot more benefit and value of it beyond that. So I, I got to ask you, because I just had a thought. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when, when you are going to one of these seminars, do they ever give you one of those? And I'm not even sure what you call it anymore. It's, it's that old device that you could shine up on the wall and then you could write. Oh, uh, yeah, like a projector, like an hey. old school projector. Yeah, not yeah. a projector like today. Um, no, no, they do not. Uh, when I'm in person, usually I'm on paper and markers, like real old school. I love some good paper and markers paper markers all the way. Um, but since, you know, something happened in 2020, I don't know if you guys heard about it or not, but I ended up moving a lot of my work uh, digitally. So uh, I get to work with people all over the world from like the comfort of my own home a lot these days too, which is really fun. Jiminy Christmas, what happened in 2020? <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> Just some people are getting sick. I don't know stuff was going on, but um, you know, I, I, unfortunately for, there was a, you know, that, that's that time of, you know, our lives where it was not fun for a lot of people, but actually was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Cause it allowed me to be able to really transition my work, um, to being primarily in person to primarily digital. And even though I still love being in person and I take opportunities when they come my way, it's nice to be able to work digital too. You know, what's interesting about that is the pandemic caused a, a lot of misery for a lot of people and i know mm -hmm. people that passed away because of it and but looking back at it in hindsight there are good things that happened out of necessity and one of which is we've learned to digitally uh do things that we couldn't do before really and right. your uh evidence of that as is you know the fact is that you would think that i'm sitting next to eric at the studio i'm not and <laughs> surprise surprise because we sound like we're you know in the same place and stuff but it's just modern mm -hmm. technology is has caught up but but the the interesting thing that i found about your work and what you do and let's let's kind of go over it because you are mm -hmm. what they call a graphic recorder because mm -hmm. you don't take notes in the traditional way how do does it work for you when you're taking notes versus mm -hmm. the traditional writing it out kind of thing yeah. So the majority of us think in pictures, right? Yes. And as, as cliche as it sounds, there's a lot of truth behind the phrase, a picture's worth a thousand words, right? You yep. can process pictures a lot faster than words. Um, pictures can help tell a story that can add into, you know, in addition to words. So um, I 
I really started and I found out about this work as a facilitator. So as a facilitator, you help groups of people bring to life like their own information, their own wisdom, right? As if you're not, there's a difference between being a facilitator and, and a teacher. A teacher is like, I have knowledge. I'm going to teach you that knowledge. A facilitator is like, I know I don't have that knowledge, but I'm really good at listening and asking the right questions and creating safe spaces for people to come and hear their own knowledge and be able to connect with the knowledge that are that's in the room. Right. So I really fell in love with that group process and creating those spaces. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I was introduced into the world of graphic facilitation, not just just not just straight facilitation. And I started adding this into some of my facilitation practices. And it was I started to experience for myself, you know, this isn't just this like interesting, cool drawing thing that you're doing while people are talking. It's a really powerful way to help you make connections. So when I'm either listening to a presentation or doing some sort of facilitated um, activity with an organization, I'm hearing what they're saying. I'm synthesizing that. I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to make connections to what I'm hearing. And I'm drawing and writing words and creating a visual representation of that information. So it's not, I hear something, I draw it, I hear something, I draw it. It's a little bit more deeper than that in terms of like the thinking and the processing of that information. And sometimes you don't always see connections unless, or you don't, yeah, you don't recognize connections of information unless you see them, right? Because if you can imagine like there's like a whole day event and one topic was mentioned, but like throughout the day, you might not notice the impact of that one comment or that one theme. But being able to see it and hear it from a graphic facilitation perspective, then you can really make those connections for the people. And I really love actually being the outsider because I don't have the baggage. You know, I don't have to worry about not capturing something because Nancy and HR is going to get mad at me or what have you. So it's actually really, it's really fun and interesting to kind of pop into an organization and be able to try to help them move through a challenging issue or even just being at a conference and listening to the information from an outside perspective and being able to help people remember it so that when they go to their office on Monday, they actually can instill and take action on all of those speakers that they just listened to the week before or what have you. So yeah, and, and my experience has been people really like it. That's why I'm still in business. You know, people really like it. It, it speaks to the visual part of their brain that helps them remember information. And uh, it, it's not every day that you can really see and feel that and have the tactileness of being able to uh, be with your words and be with your information. So there's there's a lot of like brain science and value around how we think and process information. And then it's just sheer fun. And it's a lot more fun than just writing words because you can see also the way it works, I think, is just get to see the whole picture right exactly. there on, on, a, on a piece of paper rather than having, let's say that was page four, that was page six, that was page yeah. ten. Where, or what time where, of day was this or what happened or what happened, yeah. Yeah, so this this is a great way for, and you're, you're right, we think with our eyes in a lot of cases. And so it's easier for us to remember, especially when you're writing it down and you're doodling, you're not doodling it. It's got a purpose. And we're going to talk exactly. about that because you're also, and they call it the sketch note taking. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you actually have a sketch note school that people can be part yeah. of. Um, so, and so <laughs> tell us a little bit about that because yeah. you're, sitting, you're sitting there and you're sitting there doodling. While I am. Yes. Well, I really loved what you said. We think with our eyes. So I had to write that down. I had to. Yeah. Oh, very, very good. Yeah, I really liked uh, that. I'll even sign that for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put in a little speech bubble. There you go. I'll draw a little eye later on it. <laughs> Maybe a little person winking or something. <laughs> and you've been doing this. Now, what if somebody says, well, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't doodle. I, right. I can't do anything artistically. You don't have to be able to be artistic to be able to do this. Anybody can do this, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is really a best kept secret for learning and engaging and understanding and breaking down complexity, right? It should be leveraged in situations where information density is really high, as Sunny Brown talks about in the Doodle, uh, in her Doodlers Unite little TED talk she did about like 14 years ago, right? And it, it's, I, I like the word doodling because it has a very non threatening tone to it. Most sure. people can get behind the fact that they can doodle, right? If you ask someone, can you doodle or can you draw? Most people are going to go, eh, yeah, I can, I can doodle. Cause it's like, there's no pressure. The stakes are low. No one's going to see it. You know, um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people end up getting in trouble in class when they were younger for doodling when it's actually doing the opposite of what people think. They think it's distraction, but it actually has science backing it up that it keeps you focused, right? So, but doodling doesn't have to be precious. It doesn't have to have pressure on it, right? So I, I love talking about doodling as a, a gateway or a door to visual note-taking or sketch noting, which is a lot of the same skill that I use as a professional we're just doing it for internal learning instead of me going to a meeting and doing it live in real time and having the pressure and the stakes are really high and I got to get all the words and I can't let my mind wander. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot as a professional to do it. Um, but it's not that hard to learn <laughs> and people can do it to help with their own learning, their own understanding, whether you're a 10 year old student, or you're an executive that hangs out in boardrooms most of the time, right? And everybody in between, right? You can use visuals to help convey information, to break down that complexity and all that good stuff. So I feel like part of my, you know, my mission years ago when I started learning this and experiencing it for myself, I was like, oh, this needs to get like wide, wider spread. People need to know about this for their own learning. But then, of course, I kind of just got in the swing of things like organizing and doing my own business and keeping that afloat during COVID times and doing all that stuff. And now I'm really dedicating um, this year to get the message out about how sketchnoting visual note taking can be your ticket to unlock uh, your most learn, like your biggest learning potential. Well, first of all, I want to tell Mr. Schultz, who's my sixth grade teacher, see, you are wrong. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think people are starting to understand that a little bit more now, but it's definitely not as widespread knowledge as, as it could be for sure. 
Um, and we're taking a lot of drawing out of the classroom. And um, I would love to just to see that incorporated, even just as an option for students. So why do you think that is? Because isn't drawing bringing out your imagination and you're coming up with new ways of doing things? I would think in school it would be a good thing. Yeah, it's interesting because it does seem like there's what I'm experiencing with my own children as they're going through the system. Now, here I'm in Canada, so it could be different depending on where you are in the world. Um, but here I know like they use a lot of drawings to support their writing when they're learning how to write. So their page is kind of like split in half in the first part or the top half. They're supposed to be drawing stuff to help explain the writing that's not very good <laughs> that they're learning how to do. And then when they get to about nine or 10 years old, it seems to be like a, a complete shift. It's like, no, no, all that drawing that you did for all these years to support your writing. Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to just want you to write now. Right. So I don't know if it's just doubling down, wanting them to get really good at like sentence structure and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's unfortunate. I'm not sure what the thought process behind it or maybe just didn't have the the brain science around how we think um, when some of that stuff was developed. But uh, it seems to be it's more right now it's me working with teachers who want to incorporate this and what does that look like in their classroom, right? How can they do it in a way where they can give the skills to the students, maybe provide some opportunities and exercises to get them uh, experimenting on how to use it. And then as they you know, get those skills under their belt, then they can kind of just do it in their classroom because they've got the the skills to just go ahead and do it, right? So that's sort of my my desire is to have that taught to students as they're younger, just as an option. So as they're going through their school journey, they have it as something to lean on. Do you find that uh, there are some teachers that are resistant to this idea because it's change, it's new, it's different. And <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I'm not really in the business of convincing anybody. Like I'm happy to share. I'm not like the most sciencey person, if you can believe it. I'll share with people what I know from uh, how we think in pictures and some of that brain science that we do have, which isn't a ton, but we do have some some studies that that show the value of this and some that aren't even that old that have come out of recent years. All I can do is share that. And if they can choose whether or not they're going to be on board with it, I'd rather just really focus on supporting the people that do understand the value of it instead of like, you know, knocking my head against a wall and trying to convince others um, of something that if, you know, some people just aren't willing to change and it's not my job to to try to convince them otherwise. I would I think it would just be too exhausting. Uh, that's true. And the young the younger people are a lot more open to change than us older folk that have been. <laughs> we did this forty years ago, and it's fine. That's the way it yeah. is. You know. Yeah. But so walk us through a typical what it's like when you start with a blank piece of paper and you're at a conference or something. Walk us through what it's like for those that are listening in their car. Obviously, they don't have the hmm. the ability to view it. So can yeah. you kind of give us an idea of what the thought process is and what then gets translated to the paper and then how it is uh, all put, kind of put together? 
Yeah. So there's three main skills that go into it that is all grounded in what I call visual, your visual language and your visual vocabulary that backs up that visual language. So it's almost like learning another language, but instead of a spoken language, it's a visual language. So when something is said, the key is you already know how to draw something, right? So when someone says the word focus or the word resiliency or community or even just a mountain or something, <laughs> you already know how to draw that thing. And I think people think there's like, there is like a little bit of magic to it, but unfortunately, like take away some of that magic. And I tell people like, yeah, that mountain looks really good because I've drawn it a thousand times. Because my I have built up the muscle memory that when I I trust myself, when I put that pen down, I can make those marks and it's gonna make a mountain because I've done it before. Right. So there's this like, so there's your visual language and vocabulary that you're just building over time. Right. Like I'm still building it. Like I will never you're never done. It's kind of like yoga in a way, like you're never at a finish line, right? You're just still building it over time. Um and so that sort of roots everything in the center and the circles around it are you're listening, you're making sense and you're capturing. So your capturing part is really leaning in on your visual vocabulary and your language that you've learned um, and your words. Words and content is still very, very important. Doesn't all have to be pictures. Um, and then leaning in and building some of your listening skills and some of your making sense skills. So what happens a lot is we're in a meeting or we're in a classroom. We hear information, we write it down. We hear information, we write it down. Are we actually listening to that information? Nope. Or are we just hearing it and writing it? Hear and write, hear, write. So we're not listening necessarily because if you were listening properly, then you would also be trying to make sense of what you're listening to, right? It's like the difference between like hearing someone just so that you can say what you want to say, be like, yeah, you finish what you're going to say so I can say what I want to say, or truly listening to somebody and then asking them a thoughtful question because you heard them, you process what you heard them say, right? So you have to listen. And as you're listening, you're like, you're almost like asking yourself without really realize you're asking yourself these questions, but you're like, what am I hearing here? What's the bigger picture? where does this idea connect with something else? Like you're like in this like weird space of trying to comprehend and understand what it is that you're listening to. Right. And that's like your synthesization, meaning you don't have to capture every word. You can filter out. It can just be one giant filter. If that's the one way you want to look at it as well, a bunch of information comes in, you're not going to write it all down. You're not going to turn it all into a picture, but what's the core essence here. Okay. They just told a big story, but what was the ending of the story? Like what was the moral? Can I draw a little funny thing and write it down? And it's going to help me remember the story later. I don't need to write down the whole story. Right. So listening, making sense, capturing, it's all happening at the same time. <laughs> that, that's, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Sorry to tell you that. But you have to listen, you're trying to make sense of it and you're making, you're making your notes, but that's why building that vocabulary and that language before you even do it is important so that you're not thinking, oh, what do I draw? What do I draw? What do I draw? Right? Because you need to be processing the information so that when you just write something down, you can draw a little eyeball and you're like, there you go. Right? You don't have to think about. It. And content is always king or queen, right? Like content is always going to be really important. So sometimes 
you capture a bunch of content, you leave some space and you go back and you draw some pictures later if you want to. Right. But it doesn't have to, it's not like all of a sudden your, your notes are a hundred percent drawings, right? When people get started, I just, 99% words and 1% drawings. And then at maybe after a month or two, you can be like 3% drawings and then 5% drawings. And you can just build it in over time. Doesn't have to be this like dramatic switch over, which I think a lot of people think. I think that's very well explained and very well said. Thank you very much. A couple of okay. things, <laughs> a couple of things that really, really, really interested me about what you were saying because okay, I know I'm long-winded. I'm sorry, I have to stop myself. So no, no, you did you did great. And uh, but a lot of people in the United States, and you're in Canada. What part of Canada are you in, by the way? The East Coast, yeah, East Coast. Oh, so Nova, it's, it's Nova Scotia. I was going to comment that that music in the intro sounded like it could have came from Nova Scotia. It had a very Nova Scotia feel to it. Just saying. I just wanted to mention that. I, 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 will, <laughs> I will give the man a shout out because um, Tommy Tika, who is a um, musician uh, out of Finland. Okay. But very much, okay. very much like um, Nova Scotia, and very much in that flavor. He the is. The, yes. Yes, he yeah. wrote that song. Okay, and, uh, it was very and, nice. I liked it. <laughs> thank you, You're because welcome. he he gave it. He wrote it and he gave it to me uh, mm -hmm. for me to use as my theme song. So I love it. Uh, I I really his name again is Tommy Tika. You can go find him, and in, in just about anywhere. But I wanted okay. to make sure, and the original song is called Fire and Ice. Go to the okay. internet and look at Fire and Ice. It was it's it's a beautiful song, and okay. it's a lot of fun. But I wanted to mention uh, to, to say that a lost art in the United States. Don't know if it is in Canada, in Nova Scotia, but in the United States, listening is a lost art. Yeah, we don't listen to each other. We get ready to say what well, we're and you said it perfectly. Mm -hmm. When rather than listening to what somebody else is telling us and trying to absorb that so that we get a clear understanding of where they're coming from and what they're talking about, we have a tendency to be going, all right, how am I going to counter this argument? How am I going to say this? Yeah. And we're thinking about yeah. what we're going to say rather than what we're listening to. And Absolutely. and so, and the other thing is that uh, I, I, and I have no earthly idea if you know who John Edward is or any of the other psychic mediums that are out there. Um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to just say that they do, exactly what you're talking about is okay. because people people on the other side if if they're actually talking to us they can't verbalize it because they don't have vocal cords and they don't have mm. and they don't write it down so what they do is they talk in pictures mm. so what they so like as an example john edward would say if if they show him red roses he would say, and they love you because his okay. that's his symbol for love is red roses mm -hmm. or white roses would be birthday or different different things that are that they'll show him pictures of. And then that's that's how we do it. So you're doing the same thing. You're building a vocabulary of words through pictures that can be much more self-descriptive and a lot easier to understand where you're going with it rather than trying to find a particular sentence in a two-page note thing. Would that, is that right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I never heard it, but it describes similar to a psychic before. That's really interesting. Um, Check but yeah, I definitely too. will. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. I wrote it down. Of course I wrote it down. <laughs> um, I think also I've been having conversations with people lately and I've been throwing this out there. I don't know if it's like controversial, but I kind of feel like the act of writing things down is almost like a form of rebellion these days because we're just so inundated with technology and man, I love technology. I'm glued to my phone, just like anybody else. <laughs> you know, I'm scrolling TikToks, man. Yeah. You know, I'm a millennial, but I'm still scrolling those TikToks. And, um, you know, I, I definitely love it. And I'm very grateful because I've been able to work with people over the world and I can do that and meet cool people like my new friend, Kevin, right? It's, it's a good, it's awesome. But writing things down, it's very important, right? It's important for, you know, how to help us think and understand, right? When we want to think of, through something, we want to break down some complexity, putting it to pen to paper, you know, that's what's really going to help you clarify and understand and learn and comprehend information. I think it's, uh, I think it's the, your best thinking tool um, when it comes to, to thinking and learning. Um, it's, there are studies that show writing out notes, typing out notes, writing wins, right? It does. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. So but I, I, I would suggest that <clears throat> rather than writing out words, because if I'm writing something, I'm concentrating on what I'm writing, not what I'm hearing. Whereas if I'm doodling I, and I've got a vocabulary of, of symbols or things like mountains or, or the sea or fish or you've got a way of you can still be listening to what's being said so you mm -hmm. don't miss that but then when you come back and look at it later yeah isn't, isn't it true that you can almost hear what was being said when you look at the pictures yeah yeah i had a client years and years ago now in my early days and i remember he said something to me that i'll never forget he said and he's like, why did I remember where people sat? He's like, that's so weird to me. He was like blown away. He's like, this is the weirdest experience because having you drawing made me remember where people sat in the room. I've never been able to remember where people sit, right? So I think we there, there's things beyond the paper, right? When we start to incorporate additional elements into our learning, right, we're now we're not we're not just focused on one mode of learning like listening to something like hearing something now we can see it right and then if you add in an emotional response to it you feel heard maybe your word ended up with a little picture now you feel validated you know that's gonna that's gonna make an impact in the moment and then when you look at it later right that's why uh, that's one of the my one few of my favorite things about it is the impact it can have in the moment and then the impact it can have after reflecting on it, right? And you will, uh, chances are, remember things even beyond what you captured. Or you remember, oh, I remember when I was capturing this and I was stuck. I wonder why I was stuck. Let me go back to that, you know, like even just things like that. Well, it's, it's, I was just thinking to myself and it was like, when you look at a picture, 
you pull a picture out of an album that that picture may be 20 years old, but suddenly you remember right. where you were, who you were with, mm -hmm. who took the picture. There are things that will come to you and because of the association, association that's in your mind with that picture. And the same thing would be with your writing, because if you, you, it's almost like you're recreating the event every time you look at the, the doodling that you've done. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Or no, yeah. No, like pictures, you know, they, they can be connected to an emotional experience, right? And then you can remember things beyond that photograph or that picture that you drew or what have you. Um, I do want to just step back for one second if I can. Um, when I'm teaching people how to do this, I don't even teach them icons for a while. I know we started talking about that and I use that as an example for visual vocabulary. Um, but the first ele drawing element that I teach people is how to draw a line, right? It's I'm saying, say that again. You, we cut out how a to, how, bit. How, to, how to draw a line. Just draw oh. a line. Just a line, right? Like, I think we, we need to start with the basics, right? You don't even have to learn how to draw anything fancy, right? Learn how to draw a line and why you draw a line. Then move that up to a container and why you draw that container. Right? We're not just drawing them for fun. You have to be purposeful, like you said earlier, right? Doodling with purpose. So we use a line to connect information. We use it to separate information. We use it to highlight information. And we use it to show direction, right? So you could actually create a pretty cool looking sketch note or a visual note just with some information and some funky lines, right? And it would do it, in a, it would highlight the information in a way that's going to help you um, understand it. A little bit better right what information lived together where where were the connections made there or which information does not live together right if if you write something down and you something right beside it and you're like whoopsie those don't belong together those are two completely separate ideas you could just put a line right through them right down the middle of it and that's and you're going to look at it later and go right right i remember i did that big line because those don't belong together even though I put them on the page beside each other by accident or what have you, right? Um, and then take a line and enclose it. Now you got a container. You can use a container to group information to uh, create like little heading, like mini headings or subtitles or emphasize or reinforce meaning of something, right? So like all I've talked about is like a line and a square basically or an enclosed yeah. line, right? It could be like a circle, square, whatever, something. Right. You could create a pretty like cool look at sketch note with a line and some squares. <laughs> right. And there's like you can jazz them up if you want to, but you don't have to for a first little while. If you don't want just while you're getting comfortable with the idea. Right. Take that square, take that circle that you just drew and align and turn it into a little box person. Now you got a little person. I call them like step up from a stick person. <laughs> <laughs> Right, step up from a stick person is a box person, right? So lines, containers, little people. I think drawing people is important. That's why I always put it there in the beginning, right? Drawing people is important because there's humanity in a lot of what we're talking about and what you're going to be capturing, right? People might want to see themselves reflected, even if they're just like a little box person with usually like my little people have big hair, right? Throw some 80s hair on there for fun. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Throw a little throw a little wristband or, you know, or one of those like, you know, workout from the 90s headbands. 
around, you know, around their head for fun. There's a little line, you know, make it fun. I like adding humor into my work, my work, if you haven't figured that out by now. Um, add a little bit of color. You know, that's all you need to do to get started. And all you're doing is some lines and some squares, some circles, right? Then you can look at icons and develop a visual vocabulary around different icons that can represent other types of different types of meaning, right? I usually try to encourage people to pick things that have multiple meanings. So like my favorite is magnifying glass. I draw magnifying glasses all the time. They can represent focus, zooming in on something, vision, analyzing, like analyzing something, right? So you could see how those words, you just learn one icon to represent multiple ideas, right? And you just practice yeah. drawing that little, and you know, magnifying glass, just two circles and a little whoopy, you know, whoopy line for the handle, like not hard to, to draw, but now you can use it to represent lots of different things, right? Instead of just learning like one, like how many times have I drawn an elephant in 10 years? Like maybe three times, right? I don't need to learn how to draw an elephant. Like they're cute. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're little noses, super cute, but they don't come up very often. So I want to build my visual vocabulary around icons and things that are going to come up frequently that I'm going to encounter. Like if you work in climate change or something, like you might want to learn how to draw some windmills and some solar panels and some, you know, lightning bolts or whatever. Like me, you might want to build a visual vocabulary on a particular industry that you work in or something you're really passionate about or something like that. So then, you know, you know how to already draw those things. And as you're going down this road, I would suspect that you get more interested in coming up with more and different and unique ways to experiment with the different things that you're hearing at a conference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually teaching a workshop earlier today and I was challenging, these are like new sketch noters and I was challenging them. I said, try to see if you can do something different every time right? Just be like, oh, draw that magnifying glass just a little different, right? So you're not overwhelming yourself every time you go to do one, you have to like learn how to draw all this stuff, right? You start with the basics and just add one little thing in or change the way you would normally do things. And that's how I developed my style over time, like kind of by accident, because I would just try to do something a little different or draw something a little bit different every time. And now I have that I can fall back on be like, I already did it that one time. I could do it again and then maybe add something else or change something else about it, right? You know, you don't have to feel like you have to build your vocabulary like all at the same time. Like this could be, I, I just, I've been doing this for 10 years and I still like, I, there's still a lot of stuff I just lean on drawing wise all the time in my visual vocabulary. But, you know, I, I do take phases of, of my year where I like to kind of challenge myself and learn how to draw new things, um, which is something I'm going to do uh, a, a little bit coming up in these next few months, right? It's like just, you know, for a fun challenge. So when I hear something, I can draw something fun and different. So it, it makes it uh, exciting for me. So I'm not just drawing the same thing over and over again. Exactly. I mean, you need to keep engaged and to be excited. And as a matter of fact, you've got a bunch of stuff. Let's talk about you and your website. <laughs> And your book. Haven't I, or, haven't I been talking about myself this whole time? Well, yeah, and I've just been letting you go because you <laughs> it's good information, and and people <laughs> people like to like to hear it because it is something that um, I can 
I'll sit here and say that I don't think, I think very few people have actually ever heard of anything like this. Mm -hmm. And it can be a really, it's an interesting way to do something completely different and probably even more successful than what you're doing it. And you have taken it to a level where I, I could have swore that you, I said at the very beginning before we got on the air. So this is why I didn't ask you is that <laughs> did you develop this whole thing and you didn't, right. but, but you've been doing it for 10 years and, and you you know, the person who did develop this stuff mm -hmm. and, and yeah. stuff. So go to her website, which is sketchnote.school. That's mm -hmm. sketchnote.school, and there's a book which is called Beginner's Guide to Sketchnoting, and you can buy that, and voila, she's going to give you a week of the um, Sketchnote School, which you were just talking about because mm -hmm. you were working with people today to do yeah. that. And yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's catching yeah. on, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fun, and, and uh, like – there's World Sketchnote Day that happened earlier. It's January 11th. And there's a reason because it's 111 and they look like pens or markers. <laughs> so January 11th. And um, the guy who coined the term sketchnoting, he came and spoke at this event that I hosted, which was very exciting. And we had, um, including a high school that got involved, about 800 people, a little over 800 people, um, 740 official registrants plus the, the high school students um, from 64 countries attended um, or registered for the event. And it was very exciting. And and so the Sketchnote School community has like a free and a paid part, but you know, the the free spot is where we hung out during the event and the recordings from that event are on there for free. And it's fun to be able to like connect with anybody from like brand new never done this before to like old pros like me and kind of everybody in, in between and and learning of the different ways that they do it like someone posted recently this week about teaching their grade five students and then she posted a few of the drawings that the grade five students had done right so it, it's so it's so beautiful and fascinating to me all the different use cases and all the different ways that people use it um and i really felt like people like I wanted to make this learning how to do it as easy and low barrier as possible, which is why I put the book together. So I kind of leaned in on all of my experience as a professional and all those trials and tribulations of trying to figure all the things out. Um, and then I beta read a reading tested it with almost a hundred people over a year and a half, right? Cause I really wanted to make it the best book that it could be. So I got feedback from uh, new sketch noters, you know, what was I missing? What needed to be emphasized? You know, all of those good things. So um, yeah, I have three children. The book is my fourth child. So I, <laughs> a lot of love, a lot of love went into the creation of it. Um, and a lot of love, I'm, a lot of work. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's it's out in the world though. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and, and by the way, did you know that 111 Either one 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 or one 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 one. That's kind of a spiritual term as well. Yeah, um, a woman who works with me, she said something about like those couple days leading up to one one one. She said something about that. She said she couldn't remember what she heard about it, but there was something about new energy or something around new, new positive Triple. energy. Something yeah. that needs to be out there. Something yeah. you're on the right path. 
you're doing yeah. the right thing. If you, if you, now this happens to me all the time. Uh, it happened to me twice today, as a matter of fact, that I'll look at the, <laughs> I'll look at the, um, at the clock and randomly, and it'll be like, it'll be like 11, 11, or it'll be like 111. And it's, it's not like I'm waiting for, okay, yeah. it's going to turn, it's going to turn, it's going to turn. Okay. Now look at it. No, it's like, yeah. I'll just be, I'll, I'll just be uh, minding my own business and I'll look at the clock and it'll say 11, 11 or, or 111. And what that is, is it says your significance that you are on the right path, that you're doing the right thing. That this yeah. is an important piece, an important thing that you're doing. So you pick mm -hmm. the right date to. to <laughs> have the, I, I uh, yeah, I can't take credit for that date either. That was all Mike Rody there in 26. I don't know what year that was, but yes, he he maybe he did that for that reason. Who knows? But I I'll continue to celebrate it on that day. It's an it's sure. an important. Well, yeah. this whole thing is an important thing because think of, think of the ramifications of. Being able to take notes, being able to do this without having to be in the structure of writing or shorthand or longhand or writing cursive, you can be as creative as you want to with this. And right. it's something that you can remember so that the, what, the information that you're getting, you'll remember it better. Because when you write it, don't you then have to turn around and read it? to get the information back. Whereas if you, if you use this method, you don't have to read it. You can just look at it and absorb it. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's sort of what I was saying earlier about the, the cycle, right? That listening, making sense and capturing cycle that you're doing all three of those things at the same time. Right. So there's like that comprehension in the moment that I, I believe is a lot deeper than just straight words like we were talking about, like hear it, write it down, hear it, write it down. But then that beauty is being able to look at that visual, whether or not you like it, whether or not you think it's ugly, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you can look at it and go, OK, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. You're like, Okay, I read through it. Right, I remember it now. I got I got the main points. And usually we don't need as much details we usually capture anyways. Like you don't need all the detail, right? And sketchnoting gives you permission not to capture everything, right? Because you are listening for those big ideas or those things that stand out to you, right? And you can, you know, reference it and look over it and be able to um, remember it a lot quicker than just like reading pages and pages of notes that you didn't necessarily comprehend in the moment. And that's why people say to all the time, like, oh, I wrote all these notes, but I don't even know. Like, I'm not even going to look at them. Like, or I try to look at them and I don't understand them. It's because they miss that comprehension piece. And that's when you look at it later and you look at, you know, you can refer to it. You know, it, it helps spark that memory. Like we were talking about, like looking at a photograph. I think it's, I think it's really cool. And uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, and go to the class they can go to sketchnote.school and get all the information they need is that right absolutely that's where you can get a hold of me for sure and you're yeah. a delightful young lady by the way thank you i i like to think i'm likable you know <laughs> who and doesn't like a cheerful canadian right <laughs> right <laughs> that's exactly right how old are your kids five eight and ten uh, th that's a green they're great ages um yeah. the 10 year olds getting closer to yeah. when they're when is a boy or girl girl well girl, one boy, point, girl. 
Yeah, my, boy um, sandwiched right in the middle there, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, cousin, when his son turned 13, uh, I heard him talking about it. And he says, I, I, you know, I don't know what happened, but it's, it's like he rolled over in the middle of the night on his 13th birthdays and his brains fell out of his head. Um, <laughs> oh, what a sin. And, oh and he's, he's, he, he didn't get his brains back until he was 22. But that's, oh, that's, no. that happens. But anyway. Yeah, she still likes me. I'm going to hold on to it. She's a good little drawer. She really likes graphic novels. And she has like these dragon ones she's really into right now. And she likes to draw the character. Like she's a better drawer than me. Straight up. I'm not honest. Like, I can't draw a dragon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, Honestly. You know, <laughs> I, I just discovered that term just the other day. I interviewed two guys. They've written a, uh, one was a writer. The other one was an illustrator. And mm. they did an illustrated novel of 250 pages. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it took, and it's, it's about, um, I forget the name of it. Maybe Eric will remember it off, off the top, but, um, it, it was about, uh, four kids that, uh, go underneath the sea to Atlantis and the, and the animals could talk and they were put oh, on trial for the crimes of humanity. And it was, oh it really God. was a fun, yeah. fun interview, but, uh, in any event, I love, I love that. And by the way, when my son was nine, and I'll remember this till the day I die. My youngest son was nine, and we always went to the grocery store, and he always let me hold his hand when we went into the grocery <laughs> store. And when he was nine years old, he pulled his hand away. And oh. I've, never, I've never touched his hand since. <laughs> so there's That's what heartbreaking. I'm, what, what I'm saying is enjoy this time because oh there's going to become a time when as smart as you are, Ashton, you're dumber than a brick. And that's, that's true. Yes. You know, but, <laughs> but just oh enjoy them while they're in this stage. Cause mm -hmm. and I'm sure they're going to be, I'm sure they're going to be fine and they're going to be great, but there is a, yeah, a thing about the teenage. Yeah. Of course we did it too. Yeah. My yeah. parents, were, my parents were incredibly stupid when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, I don't know what happened, how they got so smart when I was 30, but they did. <laughs> Can I just mention something? One thing I think very important thing. Uh, can I mention something? You can mention anything you want. Okay, this is this is my time. This is my microphone. Is it? So, yes, it is. Um, if you believe after all this that you can't draw, I forgot to mention something very important. I didn't know how to draw, right? And it made me think about it when I said I don't know how to draw a dragon. <laughs> and a ten-year-old is honestly better drawer than me, right? I didn't. I was very creative. Right. I, I tried lots of things, but I didn't really do visual art. I didn't really draw. I painted for a while, but it was very abstract. Right. So I had to draw from scratch, just like if you want to do this. Right. So I think some people think like, oh, I, I think I was born a bit like more on the creative end of things. You know, I embrace that a bit more, but I didn't know how to draw either. Right. So I, I feel like I could sip it. And I've never taken an art class. <laughs> Surprise! If you've made it to this part of the interview, I'll, I'll, you know, no heart holds bar. It's, it's, you know, gloves are off, secrets are out. Ashton didn't go to art school. You know, I, I, I had to learn all these things too, which is why I think I'm also really passionate about people learning this who, you know, do struggle with their creative identity, maybe feel like they can't draw, you know, because 
I'm not a fancy artist. Didn't go to art school, didn't do all those things, right? I'm, I was just struck. It's not, it's not the degree of fanciness that is the key. It is the heartfelt images that you put into the work. Um, and it's, it's doesn't have to be fancy. It can doesn't be have really, to be fancy. can be really you know? simple. Honestly, sometimes I have to warn clients if I know the conversation is going to be messy, I have to tell them like conversations are messy and this one's probably going to be a messy one. You know what? The graphics probably going to be messy too. It's just the nature of how these things go, right? It's the humanity in it, right? And I think that's why I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this will kind of continue on in a world that's getting more and more technical because I think things like this are going to be more needed for that human connection to help people bring people together. Right. Um, so yeah, like it's, I think sometimes it's better to be embrace the messiness of it and just know that it's not going to match your, your expectations of beauty for a while. Um, and I think sometimes those are the best ones when it's just, it is what it is. Com like I said, conversations are messy and the drawing's probably going to be messy and it doesn't really matter because as long as somebody learns something, or people felt heard or however you are doing it. Like that's what matters at the end of the day. And really honestly, get over yourself. <laughs> you know, is you can't beat Picasso. Picasso wasn't born in a day and, <laughs> and stuff. So just get over yourself and, and wise words from Kevin today. Just get over it. Signed Kevin. That's your, <laughs> there's your kick in the butt for today. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> see, now that would be a, a little brick wall with a stick man jumping over the brick wall because now he's getting over it. Got it. It's true. I'm drawing the brick wall as we speak. Yeah, there we go. And I'll so that can, that could be a whole show right there is, uh, um, and stuff. So, uh, Ashton Rodenheiser, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to run out of time. And so, uh, sketchnote.school is where you go to find out all the information about her. You got uh, no pressure. You got 30 seconds. What would you like oh to tell our audience? Uh, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this time to express gratitude. You know, I'm grateful for the opportunity Kevin, to meet you and have this conversation. Um, you know, I believe in, you know, universe, the universe and it brings people together for a reason. You know, if this speaks to you and sounds like you want to learn it, you want to have a good time, come hang out with me, you know, you know where to find me, sketchnote.school, if you think it's something for you. But, you know, I just am grateful for anybody who took the time to listen today. Um, you know, time is our most precious commodity and you gave me some of that. And I'm really appreciative of that. And I really thank you, Kevin, for the opportunity. And you're a professional because you hit right on 30 seconds. Congratulations. Did I? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know. It's like, I know. <laughs> you are, you know, there are people I have on the show that I really, really, really am going to miss when I'm not doing the show anymore. You're one of those. And I really appreciate the person that you are, the direction you're going. And I really believe that uh, the images that you create are images from God. So I, I think yeah. it's important and it's, it really is. And it's, it's a, anyway, I've run out of time. I got to <laughs> shut up. So I want to thank Ashton for being here. Go to sketchnoteschool.school and get all the information about her. And by the way, be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. We'll see you Friday at noon. <laughs>